Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible as well as with your prayer requests. We have pastors standing by every weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time standing by, ready to answer those questions you have. Maybe you've been reading your Bible and there's something that you came across and you wonder, well, what does that mean? Or or maybe you're curious about something going on in your life and wondering what the Bible has to say to that situation. Or maybe you have a prayer request. We have a lot of people tuning in and listening. We'd love to pray for your prayer request on the air so that everybody listening can agree and say yes and join you in praying for that thing. We'd love to answer the questions you have. You know, the questions you have might be also the questions that somebody else who's listening has as well. And so this is a way that we can be built up in our faith, get our questions answered, um, seek the Lord about things going on. And so it's a great time every weekday. Glad that you're tuning in. The number to call with those questions and with your prayer requests is 303-690-3000. Go ahead and write that number down. Maybe save it in your phone even so that it's easy to find when you're ready to call in. But the number to call, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and up into Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. We also want to greet those who are listening on the Radio by Grace Network. They have stations all over the United States, particularly in the Southern U.S. Additionally, we want to greet those who are listening online on gracefm.com, as well as on several other stations that are broadcasting this program live today. Uh, we know some of you are tuning in on the Grace FM app, which is cool. And if you don't yet have that app, really encourage you to go and get it. You can get it for free on the App Store or the Google Play Store, whatever you use for your phone or your tablet, and you can get those for free. Um, And that's a cool way that you can listen. And you can also send that to friends. And if they have that app, they can listen to this show and all the other great Bible teaching programs on Grace FM. And they can do that anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world. We have listeners who tune in regularly from Africa, from South America, from Europe, and beyond. And so we're so glad to have that opportunity for people to get Bible teaching over the air and over the internet. And so if you don't yet have that Grace FM app, encourage you to do that. But greetings to those of you who are listening online um, and those who are listening live today. Today is Friday, January 20th. It's a cold, snowy uh, day here in Longmont, Colorado, where I'm broadcasting from. But hopefully it's warmer where you are if you're outside of our local area. So greetings to those also who listen on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those on Truth FM in Tennessee and those on Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. 
Just a heads up that those listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock Radio, you hear the show on a one-week delay. So we just want you to be aware of that. We never want it to hinder you from calling in, participating in the show. In fact, I would just encourage you to think of it as um, a unique opportunity that you have where you can call in, have your question answered, have your prayer request prayed for, and then you get to you get to have a whole week to tell people uh, to tune in at that exact time when you're going to be on. And maybe that's a way that God can use to introduce those friends and family members uh, to that Christian radio station that you listen on, whether that's Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio. And as they do that, maybe they'll get plugged into listening to Bible studies and God will do a, a fabulous work in their hearts. So encourage you to uh, Tell people about this show and let them know what's going on. A really cool opportunity we have to discuss the Word of God and pray for your prayer requests live on the air. I see the text messages coming in, but we'd love to have some calls come in and hear your voices. So let me give you the number to call one more time. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0800. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in the northern front range of Colorado and really enjoy hosting the show, getting to be with you every Friday. That's when I host. And um, yeah, it's just a pleasure to speak with all of you and to pray with you over your prayer requests. I've been the pastor now at this church for 10 years. Prior to that, I was a missionary and a church planter and pastor in Hungary over in Europe. And I spent um, basically my entire adult life there until I moved here 10 years ago to pastor this church. Uh, I grew up in the Denver area, so I'm a local. And um, yeah, just glad to be back in Colorado love the mountains, and love um, what God is doing through Whitefields Community Church. So if you're looking for a church and you live on kind of this northern front range area, maybe like uh, north of Denver, you know, uh, the, whether it's uh, Boulder or northern Colorado areas or, yeah, just the northern front range here, we'd love to have you come and worship with us. Our church is really conveniently located for people both in Longmont and those who are coming from surrounding communities because we're right on Highway 119, which is the main highway that leads from I-25 into Longmont and then down into Boulder. And so, you know, for those who commute in, really accessible, right? Yeah, just on the north side of Highway 119 here. If uh, anybody is, you know, if you ever drive down Highway 119 into Longmont, just look to the north. Uh, Right before you get to County Line Road, you'll see our church here. Um, right off the highway here. Our, our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. And our zip is 80504, which means we're east of downtown Longmont. So we're right in between I-25 and County Line Road, right on Highway 119. Uh, if you need directions or more information about our church, you can find that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to have you worship with us. We just uh, started a new series around the new year um, called Equipped to Serve, in which we're studying through the pastoral epistles. And you know, a lot of times people think of the pastoral epistles as like the kind of thing that you study like at a pastor's conference or a ministry conference, and it's certainly good for that. But you know, one of the things that really impresses me about particularly the letter of 1 Timothy 
is that first Timothy is all about what the gospel does in your heart and in your life practically when you believe it. It's kind of like here when you believe the gospel, here's how it changes your life. And what an important message for us to hear. So the last week we looked at the transforming power of the gospel. It changed somebody like Paul, who was a blasphemer and a violent man, turned him into an apostle and a minister of the gospel. And it took a man like Timothy, who was timid and afraid to speak, and turned him into a powerful force for the gospel as well. And we just see that that's what God's grace does in your life. When it comes in, it transforms you, right? It turns you into a new person. You're born again, as Jesus says, with a new identity, a new calling, a new purpose, and a new power. And so just so exciting. And this week, we're looking at chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, in which Timothy says, okay, now that you've been saved by grace— Here's what that means practically in your life. It, it gets into things like, what, what do we pray for? How do we join God in his mission and what he's doing in the world? And it gives our life purpose. And so we're going to be talking about that this coming Sunday as we continue to study verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the Bible here in First uh, Timothy currently. But if you're looking for a Bible teaching church, a place for your kids, we've got a great youth group and a, and a next-gen children's ministry program. We'd love to have you come worship with us. So I invite you to join us this Sunday. We have two services at 9.15 and 11 a.m. Both have children's ministry. And uh, you can find more information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And just a heads up, our website, we've been working on an update on our website. It just got, it just went live today. So I'd love it if you guys over there who are listening, just go to whitefieldschurch.com, visit our new website, tell us if we you know, have any broken links or any spelling errors and um, check out our new uh, interface that we have. We also developed an app so you can go develop, go check out our app. And the cool thing about that app is you can listen right there. You can watch videos and listen uh, to our messages right there in the app and get connected. So really cool stuff. Love it if you check it out and we invite you to join us this coming Sunday. Let's go to our callers. We've got Chris in Baltimore. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's up? Good. Uh, so, um, give me one second, I'm in the middle of parking. Um, so, uh, I was raised Catholic and taught to pray to Mary, and I guess I don't understand why, I mean, I understand the position um, of the pastors there, you know, that we're only supposed to pray to God, but um, I guess I don't understand why it's wrong to have Mary intercede our prayers to God, if we're praying to her for that purpose, that, that the mm-hmm. prayers are going to God. Yeah, so I've I've heard this argument before, you know, actually I was my dad's Catholic, so I'm like raised half Catholic if you will when I was growing up. We went to Catholic church sometimes and sometimes Lutheran church, and I kind of liked the Catholic church better. I guess if it sounds this might sound silly, but I liked it just cuz I actually liked the traditional aspects to it. I actually liked the fact that there were statues of Mary and rosaries and things like that. And so when I when I first became a Christian, like I was born again, it was through conversation with a friend. And so I didn't have like a church to go to after that. So I ended up going to Catholic church for a little bit until actually as I was reading my Bible, I started to be like, you know, some of this stuff doesn't seem to line up. And so I ended up just that's how I ended up at the church that um, I ended up, you know, really getting plugged into was because I was just looking for a church that didn't have all of those trappings, which to me seemed extra biblical. And I was just looking for a place that taught the Bible. And that's how I ended up where I was. 
But all that to say, I, I can kind of sympathize with where you're coming from. And I've had these conversations with friends and family over the years. And the line of thinking on the pro praying to Mary or through Mary side is kind of what you're saying, right? Like they would put it this way. Well, if Mary's there in heaven, then, you know, you have to sleep sometimes. So you could ask Mary to pray for you. And then while you're sleeping, she could pray. You, she could, you know, ask God to help you out with the thing that you need help with, right? So she could intercede for you, as you were saying. Yeah, I tell you a couple problems with that. Number one, there's no uh, scriptural basis for this, right? Like that's not any, there's no place in the Bible where anything like that is ever suggested. Number two, we're told that speaking to the dead is something that we are actually not supposed to do. That's very clear throughout the Old Testament. Okay, now when we pray to Jesus, that's different, right? Because Jesus is God and man, but with Mary, right, she's not divine. So we're speaking not to a divine being. We're not speaking to God when we speak to Mary. We would actually be praying to or speaking to a, uh, a human being who is deceased, which is something we're literally told not to do throughout the Old Testament. It's, it's, there are several names associated with that practice, and none of them are good. Okay, the third reason is because 1 Timothy chapter 2, which is, by the way, the passage I'm teaching this Sunday, says in verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And keep in mind, this is in the context of prayer. Paul's talking about how to pray in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7. He's saying, here's how to pray. And he says that prayer is pleasing in the sight of God. And who do we pray to? We pray to the one and only mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And so, you know, that idea of mediator, this is my last thought, and then I'll, I'll kick it back to you. But the mediator, that picture is the picture that goes all the way back to the Old Testament idea of priests. The priests were the mediators between God and people in the sense that they stood in the gap between God and people. And in prayer, they represented the people before God. And then as they spoke to the people, the word of God, they represented God to the people. So they stood in that gap between them. And so what it's saying is that Jesus, the, the high priest, he is that one mediator between God and man. So in the context of how to pray there in first Timothy, we're told to pray to Jesus. So the, that was, uh, I think I gave you five reasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess, the, I guess the difference between someone, like if I were to ask you for a prayer request between that and praying you're actually praying to Mary, someone that's dead, versus asking someone to intercede that's alive. So that's the, the difference, I guess? Yes. But as I pray for you, I'm praying to God through Jesus, right? Or I'm okay. praying to Jesus. Jesus to God, right. Yeah. And it says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. So we never read about anybody else making intercession for us except for Jesus making intercession for us. And it says also in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. So what we have is we, we actually have direct access to God and he's not forgetful, right? In other words, if it's, we don't need to ask a saint, a deceased person to pray for us 
as if somehow, you know, their multiplication of prayers will mean more than just one prayer that you make directly to God. Um, um, could you go over that one more time? I, I caught you up until the last little bit. Sure, I'll say it real quick. Um, you know, I was saying the idea then that you don't, you know, God is not forgetful, right? In other words, if you can pray directly to God, you don't need Mary or any other deceased person who is in heaven to essentially pile up or multiply prayers to God. Uh, that's not going to mean more or be more effective than your simple prayer praying directly to God to whom you have access through Jesus Christ. Gotcha. So, I hope that answered your question. No, it does. That's that's uh, it's pretty good. I, I uh, it's more it's more concise than anyone else has ever answered or, or come up with something on that. Yeah, and that it gives me a full picture. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad I could help, Chris. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We had full lines, but I think with the end of that call, it means we have one open line. So go ahead and give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Mike, also in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the program. Mike, are you there? Okay. We'll put Mike back on hold. Let's go over to... David in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. What's up? So I guess the broad question is, if you're not hearing a direct answer from God, how do you know if you should be waiting for something and waiting for Him to act, or if you yourself should be taking further actions towards something? Yeah, great question. Really hard for me to give like a definitive answer without knowing the nature of the thing. And, and you don't have to share that, um, you know, whatever it is that you're referring to here. I would just say like a, as a matter of principle, I think it comes down in two ways. One is if the thing that you're seeking the Lord about is something about which God has spoken in his word already in the sense of like given a principle, then you should definitely follow that biblical principle. And I don't think you need to wait on further direction. Um, however, you know, if it is, if it is a specific thing, usually related to like direction or, you know, wisdom where you could act one way or you could act another way, neither is necessarily right or wrong, but you want to know what would God lead you to do. Then I tend to think, you know, unless it's pressing for time, then continue to pray about that and don't act until you feel a strong sense from God as to what you should do. Um, you know, sometimes people will be like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, if I should, um, you know, forgive this person or if I should like love my wife or, you know, things like that. Well, it's like, no, actually, I think you do know what to do because God's already spoken about that. That's not something you need to wait for further, you know, direct revelation about. But I, I can understand, you know, whether if it's like moving jobs or like, you know, you could respond in one of two ways and and there's biblical basis for both of those things. And so you need God to show you what to do in a given situation. In that case, I would say my general MO is to go like this. I, I will pray about something and just keep praying about it. 
until I really get a strong sense of what God wants me to do. Now I realize that is subjective, right? Like it, it's me looking for God to give me a, a feeling of conviction about something. But I would say we don't just seek to do it in one way. We seek to maybe, in some of these cases, we need to bring in counselors. We need to ask other people and seek the Lord together. Uh, we need to, you know, be seeking the Lord in, in different ways like that. And then just asking God for confirmation. But I'll tell you when I've made some really big decisions in my life, as I've prayed through them, one of the recurring things in my life that God has done is to give me a sense of, I could I call it this, I'm not sure if it's the right way to refer to it, but I, I would say like a sense of dread, like in a good way, that if I don't do this thing, I will be messing up. Like I will be missing what God is, is opening up and leading for me. And, um, and it just becomes really clear after a while, like what I feel convicted to do. And then I'll often pray and say, God, if I'm wrong, right, if this is just something that I made up to totally, you know, me and not, not you, then close those doors, like make this not happen. Give me something that will show me not to pursue this direction any further. And, um, and I found that to be helpful. Okay. Think, so I think that makes sense. Yeah. Can we pray for you about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole thing is that I, I, it's complicated because I feel like I got into the position because we did something that is not in accordance with God's will. So we had had three children and my wife's last pregnancy was a really bit like bad one with preeclampsia and some other conditions. So we had decided to get a vasectomy afterwards and we had prayed to God to basically put barriers in the way if, if we weren't supposed to do that and so on and so forth. And we went through with it. And then since then, it basically made both of us extremely distraught. So we attempted a reversal that supposedly had a 99% chance success rate and it didn't work. Okay. So the question is, do we try another procedure or not? Or is this just something where it's an effect of the choice that we made and God's letting us live the consequences of that. And within that's really where the prayer comes in is, do we try for another surgery or do we just accept the condition mm -hmm. that we're in? Yeah, it's a, I see the situation. Um, I would say, you know, I, I would say there's no reason not to continue seeking the Lord and um, saying, hey, Lord, you know, we, we regret this decision we made and we would like to do this, you know. And I would say if you go for it again and, and see if it doesn't work out, I, I don't see anything wrong with that unless you really feel strongly from the Lord that you shouldn't do that. So, you know, I... I think that it's, you know, there are natural consequences for your actions, but I don't think that beyond that, you know, God punishes you um, necessarily for things that you did and which you repented of, right? So, um, yeah, but let me pray for you for wisdom in that. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for David, and we just ask for wisdom as to what he should do and whether he should pursue this any further, whether he should just rest and saying, okay, um, you know, it had a high success rate and it didn't work out. Um, so maybe this is God's will. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just make it really clear to him what he should do and give him peace if it is to move forward and try again. Um, so Lord, we just ask that you would give him wisdom and guidance by your spirit as to what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you, David. Bye-bye.
Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We're answering your questions about the Bible, and we're praying for your prayer requests. So give us a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Logan in Clovis, New Mexico. Hi, Logan. Welcome to the program. Hello. What can we do for you? I was just wanting to follow up on that. The first question about, I understand we don't pray to Mary, but what's the difference between me praying in my prayer closet and the praying with, like, it's just say you on the phone? Mm, okay, sure. If you yeah. Explain. No, that's great. Um, I, I think the difference is, right, that I'm, I'm a, oh, you're saying like, what's the difference between you praying individually by yourself versus praying yeah. with somebody else? Well, to yeah. that end, yeah, we're told they're in the, by Jesus, right? That when two or more of you gather, you know, there's essentially power in that, in the sense of you're gathering together, you're beseeching the Lord together, your voices are going up to the Lord together. And, um, you know, I think so much of prayer, it says, for example, that your father in heaven who already knows what you need will hear your prayer. Right. And so God already knows what you need in a sense. Like then you might ask, well, then why pray at all? Well, we're told in James chapter four, that if we, that sometimes we don't have because we don't ask or sorry, it's James chapter five. He says, uh, sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. What that means is that God wants us to talk to him. It also shapes us when we talk to him. And so God wants us to grow in our awareness of his presence, our dependence on him, and our need for him. And so there are cases in which if we're not doing that, if we're not praying regularly and cultivating relationship with him, there might be some things that he might have given us if we asked for them, but he doesn't give them to us because we don't ask for them. And so then he encourages us to pray together, right? Build that community of people seeking the Lord. And so I, I just think that um, this is something God wants us to do first because it's formative for us, but he secondly encourages us to join him in his work by seeking his kingdom and seeking his the things that he values. So I would say that prayer, I think, has much more to do with what it accomplishes within us rather than twisting God's arm to get us to do or get him to do what we want him to do. I don't think we need to do that. And I don't think that's what prayer accomplishes. Um, but it certainly changes us. And God says that he listens. And I think that when we pray together with other people, right, it shows that now it's not just me and God, but now it's me seeking God with someone else. And I think that, that um, you know, delights the heart of the Lord. That makes sense. Well, cool. I appreciate the question. Good, thoughtful yep. question. Keep uh, keep reading the Bible and tune into this program. Appreciate you, Logan. Sure, have a good day. Bless God you. bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. It looks like we got one open line, and we're about to go to our mid-show break. So let me go ahead and give you the number to call and then uh, the text line. And then when we come back from the break, we're going to get to 
Karen in Idaho. We've got another Karen from Colorado, and we've got a lot of text messages to respond to. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. As we're um, getting up to that mid-show break, let me just take the next few seconds to tell you about a, some helpful resources for answering questions like the ones that this show exists to answer. Um, I have a website, which is my name. So it's nickkady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. If you go to that website, you can find just a hundreds, actually, of articles that I've written on questions similar to the ones that are asked on the show. So this week, I answered a question about someone asked, is the gospel political? And I answered that question uh, in that, looking at different parts of the Bible. And then uh, prior to that, the uh, one previous to that was an article on, uh, also from this show, someone asked, who are the other sheep mentioned in John 10, 16, where Jesus says, I have other sheep. So you can go check out that website if you're interested in those kinds of questions or want to submit one. And we'll be right back in two minutes time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today taking your calls live on the air, answering your text messages, answering your questions about the Bible and praying for your prayer requests. So we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Karen in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the program. Karen, can you hear me? Well, maybe Karen stepped away for a second. She had a question. Her question was this. Is it possible to speak with someone who has died? Do the dead uh, come to comfort the living? So, you know, if we were to answer this biblically, it would um, it would seem the answer to that is uh, no. And even if it is possible, we should not pursue it. Okay, so that would be both the questions. So can we speak with someone who's dead? Well, if you can, you should not. This is kind of the answer the Bible would give, um, where it talks about like necromancers and those who speak with the dead. That's that's covered actually in the Law of Moses as something that's absolutely forbidden for God's people to do. In the New Testament, it's talked about by Jesus in Luke chapter 16, kind of from the other side, where in Luke 16, what happened is that there was a rich man and then a poor man. They both died, and they both went to a place called Sheol, which is called the, uh, which is essentially the dwelling place of the dead. In the sense, it's a holding place for two purposes. And and in Sheol, it's divided into two parts. Those parts, the one part it says is called Abraham's bosom. That's a place of comfort, as those who died in faith in the Messiah prior to Jesus's. Uh, life, death, and resurrection, that's where they went to await the coming of the Messiah and the work of redemption, which would um, liberate their souls, if you will. The other side of 
Sheol is called Hades, which is the Greek word for hell. And that also is a temporary place because we're told in the book of Revelation that at the end of time, Hades and hell will be emptied into the lake of fire. And it says this is the second death. So what that means is that um, if someone dies today, right, if they're a believer, well, then we know that that person, Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For if you're, if you're a believer, your soul will go to be with God. If you die today and you are not trusting in Jesus, if you've rejected the offer of salvation through Jesus that God's provided for you, then you would go to hell and Hades. And it says in Luke 16 that what happened is these two men died at the same time. One went to Abraham's bosom, one went to hell and Hades. And the one who was there in hell and Hades, he was able to see across the great chasm which separated the two. You couldn't pass between the two sides. And it says that he asked that he would be allowed to go back and speak to his father and his brothers and tell them to repent and not end up in the place where he ended up after he died. And he was told that unfortunately that was not possible. So we see it from both sides. On the one hand, uh, we are not to seek out speaking to the dead. On the other hand, the dead are not allowed to come back and visit the earth and bring comfort to those who are still alive. Now, I can understand, I can sympathize with somebody who says, well, I kind of wish the answer was yes. I kind of wish my you know, loved ones would come back you know, invisibly as spirits to comfort me. And I understand that that would be perhaps comforting. But what the Bible tells us is that actually that's not um, what God has provided for comfort. God has provided something better for comfort. What God has provided is his spirit, which in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is called the spirit of comfort, right? He calls himself the God of all comfort. The spirit is our paracletus, our comforter who comes alongside us to help us in our time of need. But also God has given us to give us hope and comfort. He's given us the hope of the gospel and everlasting life. And so that's where we're to find our hope and comfort. As far as like um, speaking with the dead, you know, there's one story in 1 Samuel where Saul, who is not uh, living a godly life, King Saul, he seeks out a necromancer to help him speak with the prophet Samuel and what he does there is like, it's very much like condemned. It's not okay. Now, in this case, God actually does let um, Samuel speak with Saul, but it's it's really to Saul's um, condemnation that that takes place. So, Karen, I know that you're here now, so I hope that you were able to uh, hear that response and that it made sense. Okay, Karen. So, um, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to have to let you go. And thanks for calling in and for that good and thoughtful question. God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Call me with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Let's go to Karen in Bush, Colorado. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the program. Bible. Oh, I had you there for a second. Can you hear me? Okay, let's go to our next caller, Joseph in Twin Falls. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> going great. How are you? Oh, real good. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, uh, 
I noticed a lot of churches these days they they uh, they do types of music where they lull the uh, the, the public into some type of a trance, <laughs> and uh, you know you repeat things over and over again. Um, I, I can see where you can soften your heart a little bit uh, when you start a, a you know a, a service and and kind of calm your mind, but uh, some of this just seems like uh, a little bit cultish. <laughs> so I, I recently stopped going to a church that, that was doing this a lot, and, and I, I just wanted to speak about it a little bit and what you think about it. Um, and, and as well as, you know, certain churches, they, they'll, they'll, they'll chant the same type of prayer over and over again, and, uh, and what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I, um, I'm not sure I'm on the same page with you. I guess I'll tell you that because I don't actually think that that practice is necessarily cultish, um, nor do I think that it's necessarily pagan in origin. Now, I say that with that qualifier because I think that there are instances in which it is paganly inspired and and where it is manipulative, and I don't think that's a good idea. So I I, I do know of instances where I would say I've seen worship settings or they're supposed to be worshipful, but really the goal is essentially to manipulate people through music, to bring them to a trance-like state where they're easily, you know, um, agreeable to whatever you might want them to do. But on the other hand, I've heard people have this kind of um, critique about modern worship music where they'll say, well, you know, modern worship music, it's shallow. They just uh, sing the same couple lines over and over, and there's not as much depth to it as like, for example, old hymns. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, I'm not sure that I think it's a good argument. Uh, I'll give you one reason why. Psalm 136 repeats the phrase, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, his steadfast love endures forever. I'm not sure how many times, but it's a lot of times. Like, go and go and check it out, right? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. Or give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. This phrase, his love endures forever, is just repeated over and over and over and over. It's like, it's a long psalm, too. It's like 26 verses, and in each verse it says, his love endures forever. And this is something they would sing. And so repetition can be a tool for memory. Um, it can also, you know, be something that does kind of stir up emotion in our hearts. And, and so I guess I don't necessarily think that all repetition is manipulative. I think sometimes it's biblical, like in Psalm 136. And I think that um, using music to stir up the emotions is actually a good thing unless it's being used manipulatively. So I guess, I guess it can go both ways is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you do have like, uh, uh, you hear stories about how the angels will sing glory to God in the highest and, you know, they'll, they'll keep singing and singing. And I, I can see where that's really biblical. Um, but then in other cases, you know, sometimes uh, I guess in, in, in a Catholic church, you might, you might see them uh, saying a few prayers over and over before they get into their main, their main section. Uh, you know, uh, worship for that day. Yeah, I I agree. I I really think it just gets to a matter of of the heart and what is going on behind that, right? Like, what is the purpose of that repetition? Like, we were talking with somebody earlier in the show, you know, about praying to Mary and that whole idea. And, you know, what they, the, the argument for doing it essentially goes like that you want to multiply prayers, Right. Because 
I guess they assume that God won't listen unless he's pestered or something like that. And I would say, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's a good biblical concept at all. Uh, on the other hand, we do, like you mentioned, Revelation, we see, or in Isaiah chapter six, we see this before the throne of God, they keep just saying worthy, 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 worthy uh, for a really long time. So what's behind it? Is it, um, is it actually the people leading the worship service try, having a faulty theology? That's number one. Number two, is it them seeking to manipulate people's emotions in order to be able to get them to do something that they want them to do, kind of like a hypnosis? Or is there a good and right reason for it? Um, and you know, I, I've heard this phrase. So first of all, I don't really buy the uh, line of thinking that says that older hymns have better theology. I've heard some older hymns that have really bad theology. I've also heard some new songs that have really bad theology. And I'd say, hey, just because a song, like how old a song is, doesn't determine whether it's good or bad theology. Like look at the content of the song. There are new songs that have great theology. There are old songs that do and vice versa. Um, and yeah, the other, other thing I would say is like those songs were products of their time. And why can't we have products of our time that also honor God and help people worship? I don't think, to me, it's kind of a false dichotomy. Like we don't have to choose that. We can have our cake and eat it too in this case. So uh, I am with you that people shouldn't be manipulated um, and we should not seek to put people into a trance. On the other hand, I think there's, there's a couple of good counterpoints to, to the discussion. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, cool, Joseph. Thanks for calling in, and I, I do pray that you find a good Bible-teaching church to get plugged into. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We now have two open lines, and we're going to talk to Karen here in a second, but let me give you the number to call. 303-690-3000. Call us with your Bible questions and your prayer requests at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Here is Karen. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Glad we got you connected. What can we do for you? Um, I think you were talking to a gentleman a, a little earlier in reference to uh, seeking God's will. And I have been seeking his will for a long time and having this, the greatest desire just to follow him and not the ways of the world. And he, he gave me, I really believe that he gave me what he wanted me to do. And I know this sounds crazy, but I forgot it. And... He, I have begged him to please reveal it to me again, and he has yet to do it. But I have been praying to him about, I want to do what he wants me to do. I ask him every morning, what, is, what can I do for you, Lord? What is it that you want me to do? Yeah. And I have the desire to drive, to go back to driving a truck, a semi-truck. And I have to get my license again because it's been over 30 years since I drove. And... I also asked him, I said, if that's not what you want me to do, please shut the door and, and let me know what you want me to do. But I need a, I need a job. I need to earn some money because my husband's disabled. Okay. 
Okay. Well, let's pray for that. And I would just tell you this. I, I'm convinced that God is not capricious. In other words, he doesn't play games with us. He's not petty in this sense, right? He's not like, oh, you forgot. Well, then I only said it once. and I'm not going to say it again. Tough luck. Uh, I don't think that's the heart of God. Um, my conviction is that if God wants you to know something and wants you to do something, he will make it clear to you. And so I would, I would really encourage you to rest in that fact that, you know, God, it says uh, that God is not, um, he doesn't take too long in doing things as we tend to think of time. You know, we tend to think, God, this is taking forever. And God, he's not late uh, in regard to his view of time. So I would just encourage you to rest in that. Um, and then let's pray for you to have wisdom and to know what to do. So let's do that. Lord, I lift up Karen to you, and I pray that you would make it really abundantly clear to her. Should she go back to driving a truck? Is there another job that you want her to have? Lord, make it clear to her through the circumstances in her life, maybe through uh, people she encounters, maybe just as she's reading your word or praying. Lord, press it upon her heart, what you would have her do. Give her a real sense of peace and a real sense of urgency in doing it. And I pray, Lord, you give her rest in, in that, worry she has regarding how she has forgotten what you spoke to her previously. I, I pray, Lord, that you would just give her peace in that and show her the way forward. Lead her step by step by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate what you, your prayer. I, oh. I love listening to you as well. Awesome. So, Karen, are you in Brush, Colorado? That's where I live, yes, sir. Okay, cool. All right, representing the east side of the state, eh? All right, we'll keep up the good work out there, and God bless you. All right, thank you so much. You have a blessed day. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you're looking for a church to worship at this Sunday or a place for your family to settle in and you're on the Northern Front Range, we'd love to have you come and worship with us at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. We're right on Highway 119, just west of I-25 and just east of County Line Road. Check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. And we have a new website that just went live today. So go and check that out. Click on everything. Tell us if you find any errors. Listen to some messages. There's a whole new interface on there for listening to messages. We'd love for you to test it out and see how it goes. Uh, so whitefieldschurch.com. We also have an app that you can check out on your app store. Let's go to our next caller, Catherine in Washington, D.C., Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the yes, program. Yes, good evening. Thank you, Pastor, for taking that call. Um, I'll be speaking on, uh, well, this one I'm led to speak on. We let various people at the church I attend speak um, on Bible study. At Bible study, you can pick any little topic you want before they start the Bible discussion. And the Lord has been giving me about love, and I just wanted to ask you a question. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 Romans 8, like, uh, I'm persuaded of life and death, that one. And I don't know where to find uh, the one about you pass from death to life because you love the brethren. And then one of them that I don't know where to find, it says that um, uh, the new commandment I leave you. Uh, those two I don't know where to find it. Do you think they'll be appropriate for to talk about love? Yeah, for sure. But... That verse that you're talking about? So I'll tell you where to find those verses. Um, first of all, the one that you mentioned, we know that we have passed from death to life. 
because we love the brethren. That is found in 1 John 3.14. 1 John 3.14. And the one where Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that is found in John 13. So Gospel of John 13, verse 34. Thirteen what? Thirty-four. And that's the one about a new commandment I give you. Oh, love a new commandment. One okay, a new yeah. commandment. Okay, I didn't know where it was. A new commandment, but them loving one another or whatever. Okay, now the only other one I didn't know where it was was uh, you First know, John. you pass from death to life. Yeah. How you love the brethren? Would that yep. be appropriate too? Absolutely. In fact, there's a ton in the in the book of First John that talks about that, uh, you know, love for God and how that causes you to have love for one another. And that if you don't have love for one another, you you need to ask if you're even even really a Christian or if you've ever really been born again. So that verse, just so you have it one more time, is First John three fourteen. And it's because of His love, and that's yeah. why that's why I was asking. Uh, John three thirty four. That's the one that says about a new commandment I give to you. And what was the other one I need help with was about so the, you know okay. your past and death. That life. All right, so I'll give you I'll give you this one more time. Okay, the first one is Gospel of John thirteen thirty four, and the other one is First John. 314. I'm going to go ahead and pray for you and then we'll let you go. Lord, we ask that you bless Catherine as she speaks on love. Give her wisdom. Help her to uh, have your words to speak your truth. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Catherine. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to our next caller, Max in Alabama. Hi, Max. Welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you great. What's up? Um, so I, I have a prayer request, but I also want to follow it up with a question. Um, so lately, uh, like past few days, it's been actually months, but it's gotten extreme for the past few days. Uh, I've been uh, constantly doubting my salvation and questioning, and I believe it's uh, from Satan. Uh, I believe he's trying to make me useless for the kingdom. And when I get some encouragement, it just seems like I, I fall back into just uh, encouragement. And today, I, uh, one of my brothers, uh, my one of my friends, they uh, falsely accused me of not being a Christian. And I feel like maybe Satan is using every opportunity he can to make me useless for the kingdom. So uh, I see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would tell you this. You know. The tests and the trials that you go through, the Bible makes it really clear that God uses those things to strengthen you. So in the moment, think about it like this. In the moment, it might feel like a an attack, and, and maybe it very well is an attack, either from your friend or from the enemy. But here's the good news of God's grace, that he uses those attacks to actually strengthen you in your faith. And that's a really good thing. So... I would encourage you to read Ephesians 6. You know, it talks about having the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and then start thinking about what that means. How um, the helmet of salvation protects your head. Well, what are the things you need to know in your head in order to have confidence when that evil day of Satan's attack comes against you, when the accuser of the brethren comes? And one of the things I would always tell people is, well, why are you afraid of losing your salvation? You didn't earn it in the first place. 
how can you lose something that you didn't earn? Right? Like, yeah, what are you, are you going to unearn it? Well, you already did that and you still got it by grace. So you don't need to worry about that. You know, if you were chosen from before the foundation of the world, and then Jesus says in John 10, that he's never going to let Satan pluck you out of his hand. Then I think, I think you can be pretty confident. And so it's, giving yourself that confidence in your thoughts, but also that breastplate righteousness. What does that do? It protects your heart, the seat of your emotions, understanding that you've been declared righteous in Jesus, that you never were righteous to begin with. It's Jesus who is righteous, and he gives that to you as a gift. He imputes it to you. Again, there's nothing you can do to earn it or unearn it. That's really good news. And so um, I, I would just tell you, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Let these trials that come against you be things that strengthen you. You know, you think about like something that is hard for you to deal with does make you stronger if you persevere through it. And next time it comes around, it's not going to be as, you know, devastating or, or as worrisome to you because you've already been there before. You've already had this thought. You've already dealt with this. It, it's, you know, you already know how to respond. And so you're going to be stronger in the future. So I would just tell you, uh, keep building yourself up in your most holy faith. Get rooted and grounded. I love how it says that in Colossians chapter 3. Get rooted and grounded. Think about what that means. Uh, grounded means established. It means you have a firm foundation. And rooted, think about like a tree that's roots go really deep. What happens? Well, the wind comes and blows against that tree. And the tree doesn't topple over because it has roots that go down deep. And so, yeah, the top of the tree may be getting battered, but the roots are unaffected. So um, I hope that helps you. And let me pray for you. And then I'm going to try and answer a few text messages before the end of the show. So Heavenly Father, we pray for Max. Just ask, Lord, build him up in his faith, help him to stand against the attacks of the enemy. And Lord, we pray that in your grace, you would accomplish the opposite of what the enemy wants to accomplish by using these attacks to only make Max stronger, only have deeper conviction, only be more useful for your kingdom uh, because he's grown stronger in his faith and put his roots down deep into you. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's go over to some text messages. We've got a couple that we want to um, touch on real fast. Somebody asked me, I'm trying to figure out where to go after reading the four gospels. Which book of the Bible should I read next after that? My answer, read the book of Acts and then read Romans and then just keep going until you get to the end of the New Testament. Once you reach the end of the New Testament, go and read the Old Testament because as you read the Old Testament, you're going to be like, hey, now the New Testament even makes more sense and the Old Testament will make a lot more sense too. So yeah, just work your way through the entire New Testament. That would be my advice, but so glad that you're reading your Bible. Keep up doing that. Okay, another person asked via text message. Good evening, Pastor Nick. Since the resurrection, is Jesus still considered 100% man and 100% God? That was from Chris in Kentucky. Uh, Chris, the answer to your question is yes. So we put it, here's the way we speak about it in theological terms. We say that in the incarnation, which is that event in which God took on human flesh and became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ, that God added humanity to his deity. But from that time, like we read there in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That means he's in heaven, he's been resurrected, yet he remains a man forever. So 
he is 100% man and 100% God for eternity? So great question, and thanks for texting that one in. All right, let's go and see. We have a few more minutes and then the end of the show. So let's see if there's any other text messages we can respond to quickly. Someone asks, why do we use Jesus's Greek name instead of his Hebrew name? And so the the reason this person asked this is because the name Jesus in English is a derivative of the Greek word Isus. And so why do we use his Greek name instead of his Hebrew name? Well, it's just like two reasons. Well, maybe one reason I'll start with, and then I'll give you another thought. Okay, so we refer to him as Jesus um, rather than the Hebrew name Yeshua um, because the New Testament was written in Greek. Now, why was the New Testament written in Greek? It was written in Greek because this gospel was for the whole world. See, Hebrew was the language of the Jews, but people outside of of Jewish society didn't speak Hebrew. And so in order for the gospel to go out to the nations, they put it in the trade language of that day, which was Hebrew, which would be a lot like English today, right? In the sense that English is the most widely spoken language. It's the international trade language of the world. Well, in the same way, that's what Greek was back in the day. And so by, you know, what's really interesting, like the gospel of John is clearly written by John, but as you read it, you realize it's kind of written in kind of somewhat basic or rudimentary Greek. And what that reflects is the fact that John was not a native Greek speaker. Greek was his second language. It wasn't easy for him to express himself in Greek. And so he writes really simply. What that tells us is that John cared enough to do that in his second language because he wanted it to go out to the nations. The other answer to your question, refer to Jesus however you want. God knows who you're talking about. Just seek him and believe in him for salvation. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next Friday. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.